Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. John's still having a look. It slightly favors the right footer here, but Griffiths... Having got the goal, goes again. Quick five and tries it, don't know. Long we over. Oh, what a goal! What a goal! McCulloch saved it in. Barry Ferguson. Don't lose again. Right after an almost three-month break, the Hand and Roar podcast is back for the start of the new season. We've got three important games coming up at the end of this month, two against Ukraine, one against Republic of Ireland, which I don't know about you guys, Gordon Sheerk and Ben Ramage, I always look forward to that fixture, no matter how things turned out in June. I'm, I'm really looking forward to the Irish being back at Hamden. So, what we're here to do at the start of September, with another couple of weeks still to go before the games, is just look at the lay of the land with the squad, the movers, the transfers and injuries ahead of the announcement, which should be, I would imagine, next Tuesday. I can't say for certain, I've not actually checked, but I would imagine it'll be probably next Tuesday. So, yeah, let's get stuck right into it. Gordon and Ben, we were actually just saying there before we started recording, it's been a bit of a, a quiet-ish Summer really for for the Scottish guys. Has Hickey the, the main transfer, the, the biggest standout, Gordon? Uh, probably yes. Certainly in monetary terms, um, Aaron Hickey uh, would be the standout. Obviously, coming to the English Premier League, where look, I think I think he's uh, he's settled in very quickly. I think we were all very interested to see where he was going to fit into that Brentford team, and it seems like he's made the the right wing back position his own, which is. Which is good, you know. I mean, a lot of people have argued for a long time that he he's two footed. He can play left. He can play right. And now he's getting the chance to prove it, and he's doing very well. Um, but then, obviously, possibly more intriguingly, there was a the long going saga over the summer was what was going to happen with Billy Gilmore, who obviously went back to Chelsea, having uh, his loan spell at Norwich was unproductive. You would say it was a, a tough learning curve. For the young man but he ended up back at Chelsea Chelsea were going through ownership change there was so much turmoil there he then didn't get a squad number there was questions would he be able to go out on loan and he joined Brighton permanently which I think you guys will hopefully agree is a very good move although breaking news today seems like the manager that signed him might be going the other way and going to Chelsea so Penny for Billy's thoughts right now, but at least, I think Brighton, I think, is still probably going to be the right place for him because they're a very, very well-run club. It depends, I suppose, who they get into the place, Potter, if that move materialises. I was speaking to a Forest fan today who fears that Steve Cooper would be the guy that Brighton go for to replace uh, Graham Potter should he go to Chelsea. So that would probably at least continue the, you know, the, the possession, ball-playing football that Gilmore really wants to, to be involved in, Ben. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it'd be funny if he ended up going back to Chelsea, having just left. But uh, yeah, no, I think we all just want to see Billy play more frequently because we know 
we know how good he can be. We've seen him turn up for Scotland and boss games when he hasn't even been playing for his club team. So just really want to see him get properly involved somewhere in, in, a, in a decent ball playing team, as you say. And I hope you would hope that Brighton aren't going to go away from how they have been playing recently. So, yeah, I'm really glad to see him him get that move. Let's have a look then. We'll start from the back going forward as we as we normally do. So Hickey um, and Patterson, those two look like they'll be the ones that will be contributing to similar conversations we've had about the opposite side of the defence in years gone by, which one of them is going to play. I think it's great to see Nathan Patterson really making the most of his opportunity in the Everton team. The fans have absolutely taken to him. He's producing some great performances. So with him and Hickey and then Ramsey, um, I'm sure, I'm sure he'll probably get a loan move at some point. Um, Ramsey from Liverpool, but that's three Premier League now. If you can call Ramsey a Premier League right back in the in the reckoning, so good stuff for Scotland there. What do you reckon about that position, then, Gordon? Is Patterson very much the man with the jersey in that side, given his contribution to Scotland over the last mm, year? I would certainly say so, yes. Um, I think he's been phenomenally impressive when he's come into the Scotland side, especially considering when he made his debut, he was coming off the back of not playing particularly regularly for Rangers, whereas now he is playing every week for for Everton. You know, I mean, there's no... You can't, you can't overestimate how big a legend Seamus Coleman is at Everton and has been for such a very, very long time. I mean, Seamus Coleman at least was captain when when Patterson joined the club back in January. So for Patterson to walk into that team and take the place of the, the legendary captain and, you're right, be performing to an incredible level every single week now. I mean, the, his performance in the Merseyside Derby the weekend against an incredible, it's incredible attacking threats of Liverpool was really impressive. He got highlighted on match of the day at length how good that performance was. So I'm really excited to see what Nathan Patterson can bring to the Scotland squad. You know, you do have to remember he's still he's still only 20 years old, doesn't turn 21 until next month. So yeah, that's a really exciting, exciting look into the future of of, of Scotland at, at right wing back. Um, but as I said earlier, brilliant to see Aaron Hickey getting regular game time in the Premier League as well. So it's fantastic to have both of those two competing against each other. There's a, an intriguing transfer in the Centre of defence, Ben. Jack Hendry continues his European adventure. He's off to Serie A with Cremonese. So another uh, Scotland player in one of Europe's top five leagues there. Not sure how well Cremonese will do, but I think it's fair to say he'll have some defending on his hands throughout this season, playing for one of the newly promoted teams. So hopefully Hendry equips himself well out there. Still a spot for him in the Scotland squad at the moment? Yeah, I would, I would expect so. I think, you know, he... Wasn't quite getting the game time in the end, uh, Bruce, so it'll be interesting to see how he does. Obviously, Syria is pretty renowned for having good uh, defensive sides, and if you can't defend, I think you're pretty much papped out. So I would expect him to uh, to do well. I think uh, Josh Doig has also gone off to Syria as well, so following in that sort of hickey tradition. And uh, Lewis Ferguson as well, so it seems like a lot of our moves have been over to Italy. We seem to be the flavour of the month over there, and it's not probably the worst place to go. And a goal for Josh Doig as well on his home debut or his first start, I think it was, um, last week. Yeah. yeah, so again, it's another good option. Um, so we've gone from not really having that many options, especially looking at Hickey and Patterson. It seemed like we didn't have a right back um, for a long time. And now we've suddenly got two, you know, really quality, both very, very young options. So it's good for the future. Absolutely. Um, now, speaking of centre-halves, 
uh, on defenders generally. Craig Halkett, uh, I know that he's unfit to play for Hearts against Istanbul tomorrow. This, at the time of recording, this is Wednesday evening, so he's confirmed as out of that game. Not quite sure how much longer he'll be out for, but he's been in and out of Scotland squads without uh, making an impact recently. So I think we can probably say that he won't really feature much if he's involved at all um, over this month. But another defender who I think it might be coming towards, who might be coming towards the end of his time with Scotland, I think because of the emergence of Patterson and Hickey in the English Premier League and his dwindling importance for Motherwell is Stephen O'Donnell. Gordon, you've said before, I think your phrase was, um, he's Mr. Right now, but not Mr. Right. Something along those lines for Stephen O'Donnell. Is is that prophecy now starting to develop? Possibly, yes, possibly. Um, which, again, look, it's funny because I, I feel like we've had this conversation before, you know, where we, we've said, you know, well, you know, Stephen O'Donnell, he's put in some really good shifts and he's done really well and he's never let Scotland down but his time's probably passing and he's, he's proved us wrong in the past. He's proved a lot of people wrong. I mean, there were people that said that he should never have got a cap to begin with. He proved them wrong. He kept coming back and back and back. So, you know, he's, he's always been a great guy to have around the squad. But I think when you've got the emergence of two phenomenally exciting young prospects, I mean, unless you want to keep Stephen O'Donnell in the squad as a kind of almost like a mentorship figure, just to sort of help guide these guys into their international careers as they grow and develop as players, then yeah, I, th- I think Stephen O'Donnell's playing opportunities probably will be very much limited uh, going forward. Um, but yeah, again, as we've always said, phenomenal player. He's been, he's, he's, he has been, he's never, never let us down. Ben, what do you reckon is, is this it coming to an end for O'Donnell now? Yeah, I would say so, but he can be so proud of what he's done because I remember speaking to him before and he was saying that he was never even the best player in his youth teams. You know, he, he always said that he was never the most talented, but he worked the hardest. And that's that's such a valuable lesson. This you know, There must be thousands of players that have all the ability, but they don't have the work ethic. Whereas he is the epitome of having a strong work ethic. And he's basically lived all our dreams in playing for Scotland in massive games and helping us to big results. So, you know, we... He certainly shouldn't be like shoved out the door. You know, he's done a he's done a phenomenal job for us when we really were crying out for that for someone to fill that position. Um, so hopefully he gets a, a fairly decent send off. I think as well, I've got to consider in that position is Tony Ralston from Celtic. He's I know he's not starting much ahead of Juranovic, but he's had a great yeah for twelve months now, great twelve months for Celtic, and he's had three or four caps for Scotland, scored a goal for God's sake, and uh, the games in June. So. I think that with those three players, it probably does push O'Donnell further towards the the periphery of the of the squad. And on the other side, um, as far as Celtic wing backs go, Greg Taylor's doing really well under Postecoglou at the moment. Is he first deputy to Robertson still for considering Tierney as a centre half, guys? Pro- probably, yeah, yeah. Um, but th- that that there brings on one of the, one of the, one of the most important points looking looking ahead to this the, this group is the fact that Kieran Tierney will be back and having him back in the squad you know is so important we missed him so much in June especially in that game against Ukraine so yeah I'm really excited to have him back um and yeah you're right Don't Craig Taylor has, I know I know there's still there's still still one one or two more games to go before uh, international um 
but yeah, Greg, 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 Greg Taylor's been good. You know, I was, I was watching the, the the Celtic game against Real Madrid last night, and Celtic's performance, especially in the first half, was phenomenally impressive. And Greg Taylor was a was a good part of that, being able to get forward from from left back. So, yeah, good good to have him in. We were just speaking there about Jack Hendry on the right sides of the back three. Another player that's played there recently ish is John Sutter. He won't really be involved, will he? I, mean, I know he had uh, bereavement with his brother, but he's not playing for Rangers generally at the moment either through injury. I think as far as right-sided defenders go, Gallagher is, is in the middle of a back three, but his days in the Scotland squad are seem to be over as well. He's at St Mirren now. He's didn't really work out to Aberdeen. We've had a shout in the mentions from Fergus Bechief, who is saying Liam Lindsay, Ben, Liam Lindsay, first call-up, playing well, in a back three for a Preston team who are defensively strong in the English Championship. Just a quick look at Preston. They're 10th after eight games, 1-2, drawn five, lost one. Does Liam Lindsay tickle your fancy? Yeah, I, I honestly would struggle to comment on that one because I've not really seen him play. Um, I've not really seen much of Preston. Um, but I don't, you know, we've, we've seen players come up from the Championship in England before and, and do really well, so... I would imagine that Clark's had a look at him because I imagine that he'll be looking at every sort of possible player in that position because, as you say, Suter unfortunately hasn't really hit the ground running at all at Rangers. Um, he had that terrible uh, game against Livingston, uh, which hasn't really seen him hit the ground running as he would have liked. I still, if he if he was fit, I would still have him in the squad because I still think, as he showed when he when he played for Scotland, he he is a, he is a player at that level. He can he can totally dominate at that level so I would be hoping that he would maybe be fit um Halkett's a real shame uh, he just you can see how hearts are a shell of a team without him at the heart of defense it shows how important he is uh, so yeah the center backs will be interesting Tinney coming back is obviously massive um that's a, a huge boost if he can stay fit and we're still classing Scott McTominay as a right-sided center half Gordon because a, a fair Point came in from Derek on Twitter saying that Patterson and McTominay are probably our most informed EPL players. He'd be starting McTominay in midfield. Not sure who would be alongside McGregor, maybe um, with McGinn and a another in front. But Derek saying here McTominay is one of our most informed EPL players. We should be playing him in midfield. Yeah, it's it, it's a really interesting point um, because you're you're absolutely right. You know, in in this little renaissance that, that Man United have had over the last few weeks, have, after starting the season very poorly, McTominay has shown up very well, and he's he's consistently his numbers, his, his stats have been impressive in what he's bringing to the team. So, yeah, I, I think he, he he's certainly in with a shout of starting. We know we know that Clark likes using him at right side of centre back. I think. You know, you might see that say in the in the home game against Ireland when we'll hopefully be hoping to dominate possession and spend a lot more time in their half attacking. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not I'm not sure about I'm not I'm still not sure necessarily sure about him at right centre back when we're going to have to do more defending because he has been caught out a few times and you know your the the commenter makes a really good point that he's he he's in great form playing in midfield from Anu so maybe we should just try and. Try that out. Ben, if he does get played in midfield, then he'd be taking the place of Gilmore, McGregor, maybe Jack. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think it depends kind of what system we're going for. If he does stick with the tried and trusted, I 
I still like Gilmore alongside McGregor. I think we need players that can hold the ball. I I would much rather see McTominay in midfield than at centre-back, to be fair. So I would be much happier to see him in there where he can do less damage sort of defensively. Um, Yeah, I mean, he's a quality player and you can never have too many. So that will be the kind of... The usual is Clark tries to fit about six or seven midfielders into the three or four available slots. Let's talk about the the wide positions in midfield then, because the way that we play doesn't facilitate that. I mean, we we've seen it the times gone by under even back under Alex McLeish when James Forrest was sometimes played out there. Ryan Fraser was played at right wing back a couple of times. He's Available right now, Ryan Fraser. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah he's fine. So I wonder if Fraser will come back in if him and Clark will um, put water under the bridge and he can come back in as a striking option. Because I don't know if you remember a couple of couple of years ago now. God, yeah, a couple of years ago now uh, in the Nations League against Slovakia and Czech Republic, Fraser and Dykes looked really good together up front uh, as an option. I know that Shea Adams will come to him. Is doing quite well at Southampton at the moment, but. Um, Fraser is an attacking option if he's available and willing. I don't think can be ignored, but primarily he's a winger and we don't have too many of them involved. Forrest is fit but not playing much at Celtic. Scott Wright is fit and playing quite a lot for Rangers. Any other examples come to mind? We've got Alex Johnson in the mention saying Lewis Morgan's numbers for New York Red Bulls look impressive. Barry McKay at Hearts, I know he can play centrally, but he can play like across the front three, free roll, a uh, front three and a free roll sort of vibe. Any of you guys got any wingers to throw into the mix here for a plan B? Because that's a criticism that's been levelled at Clark quite a lot um, in terms of the system that when it's not going well, then there's there's no other um, no other system to change to. Yeah, I think it would be good to have a few more options from the wing because... There is, a, I don't know, now that Clark's been here for quite a long time, I think there's a little bit of, it feels like the opposition have maybe worked us out. They've worked out how to to nullify the likes of Dykes and Adam if they're, if they're isolated up front. So I would really like to see some of those kind of players come back in, someone that can really unlock a defence. I know that Armstrong can play that role and I really like him in that role. Um, but Ryan Fraser, I remember that period you're alluding to when he was with Dykes. They looked formidable and he was kind of playing just off him and it was like the little and large and he was running in behind. Um, I would I would be glad to see him back. I, I know there was a bit of a fallout, so, but I think he's still only about 28. So I think he's coming into his best years. He started Newcastle's last couple of games. So I, I would be, I would certainly be asking him the question if he'd want to come back in. Gordon, what do you reckon about Fraser? Clark has said before that he's always been willing to overlook a player's personality or or type as long as they're a good player and we all thought that Ryan Fraser fell into that category after he said that and then he didn't call him up for the game mm. so this must run a wee bit deeper we're speculating here but this must just run a bit deeper um than a you know than a, a slight disagreement over something I, I don't know Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Look, it, it, it's really hard to know from the outside what what went on, what has gone on since, what what may or may, may or may not happen in the future. But certainly, what we do know is that Ryan Fraser has put in some really good performances for Scotland. Like you you said, he's played basically up front as a second striker. He scored goals. He scored that really important equaliser for us in Israel in our second World Cup qualifier, which was which salvaged a point for us. Um, and I just think players like that that have got that 
the burst of pace, the touch, you know, even just as an option to bring off the bench, you know, they can be that chaos agent to to turn a game around or just to spark a team into life if your plan A isn't quite working or isn't quite clicking. Um, but look, I, I mean, obviously we're coming ahead into a triple header. So you would think that the squad will be a bit bigger than than usual. And, you know, there's there's a name that I've, I've, I've seen in the mentions and I've seen it being thrown about a little bit recently. And a name that I'd be interested in seeing is, is Elliot Anderson from Newcastle, who was obviously on loan, I think, at Bristol Rovers last season, where he was phenomenally good, scored a lot of goals. And this season, you know, coming back to Newcastle, who are obviously now the richest club in the world, you know, he's a he's a 19-year-old, he's a Scotland under-21 international, he can play attack and mid, he can play off basically either wing. And he's, he's, he's stayed in that squad, he's stayed in the team, he's stayed in the first team, which is impressive enough. And he's been getting minutes off the bench in recent weeks. And when he does get off the bench, he's been very impressive and the fans seem really excited about him he's got great touch um he obviously can finish he can score as he's shown um uh, in his loan spell so yeah I, again the, these games like we, we can come on to this but obviously the nation's league games are really important they are important for us to get hopefully seeding for for the euros but it is still an opportunity to try some different things because come march when the euro 2024 qualifiers start that's absolutely the serious time. That's when we have to be delivering results. So if you're going to bring in a 19-year-old guy, why not bring him in now? Do we know, Gordon, what Elliot Anderson's intentions are? He's connected to Scotland via a grandmother, I'm sure. So I don't think he fits the bracket of uh, McTominay or McBurney where they've been raised down south, but with blue blood, essentially, because of their dad's direct heritage. So with the promise that Elliot Anderson has at 19 years old, that would be a massive commitment right now to come to us when, let's face it, a team that are regularly at major tournaments could call him up as well. And this is not the sort of situation, I think, with, uh, let's say, James Morrison or maybe Shea Adams, where they, they know that they're probably not going to get better, mm. but Elliot Anderson still has a lot ahead of him at 19 years old and do you remember even McTominay who said publicly he feels Scottish, wanted time to consider and make his mark in club football before he got involved with the Scotland when Alex McLeish was the manager mm. do, we, do, we, do we see Elliot Anderson really being called up for, for this triple header? Well, you know, you're right. I mean, there's 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 certainly a very good chance he won't get called up. Um, it is a it is a fairly it's a speculative punt just now. Um, one thing to bear in mind, I am pretty sure that the the eligibility rules did change relatively recently. So obviously, it used to be that if you got one competitive cap for a country, that was you locked in. I'm pretty sure they changed that. So if you're under the age of 21, you can get up to three caps competitively so long as they're not at a major finals and that doesn't actually lock you to that nation so even from you know Elliot Anderson yes he so he's 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 played for every Scotland youth team age level he played he's got one cap for England under 19 level but then he's most re- recently been in Scotland under 21 squads so look you can you can you can you can parse and question that as an outsider all you like but 
he has most recently been with Scotland under under twenty ones. So it begs the question, you know, does, does does he want to come and play for Scotland? Because I think the door should be open for him mm-hmm. because of how how promising he seems to be in a position that I think we could do with that type of talent. Would you like the answer to be sought, Ben, from Elliot Anderson? Oh, 100%. And if he's in the under-21s, then I would be surprised if those conversations hadn't been had already. Because if he wasn't committed, then why would you have him in the under-21s? That's like a direct pathway into the national team. So, And that was in June. So I guess the difference now is that he's had some Premier League appearances and his star is kind of rising. You know, the manager's talking him up. There may now be more interest from the English FA when they're thinking, right, we don't want to let this guy slip through our hands. I think, as Gordon sort of says, the Nations League, this is a perfect opportunity to just maybe just try and get him a cap or two, try and get him involved you know, hopefully show him the better side of Hamden, you know, when Hamden's rocking in a big game. I certainly think it's definitely it's definitely worth trying because the worst that you can say is no. Right, on the subject of other ones on the periphery that Clark surely must be considering, who, who is the one that you would like to see? And is it Barry Mackay? Does Scott Wright interest you at all? Would you like to see Lewis Morgan flown across the Atlantic to participate? Does anyone really stick out for you? I've not seen enough from Mackay to really justify going into the international scene, like especially at the start of this, you know, I think Hearts have won one of the last six and he hasn't, he hasn't, I really rate him as a player. I think he's a brilliant player, but I'm not sure he's ready to step up to that level. Um, Lewis Morgan for me has always done really well wherever he's been, you know, St. Mirren, he maybe didn't get that many opportunities at Celtic, but, I think Morgan is a very talented player and another one that can kind of unlock a defence. So I certainly wouldn't mind him coming in. And Gordon, what about Jacob Brown? We still haven't seen much of Jacob Brown, be it in a supporting striker role or centre-forward role. I expect him to be in the squad again. If fit, is now the time to see more of Jacob Brown, especially um, with a potential vacancy opening up front. He's, he's hardly a striker, but Ross Stewart won't be in the squad, so there may be some more prominence afforded to um, to Jacob Brown in, in this squad if he's included. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it, it, it's kind of, yeah, it's it's becoming a running issue. Again, again it, it seems like a conversation we have every squad that, you know, Jacob Brown gets called up, he's in squad, he's in training, he's on the bench. We say, okay, we'd like to see some more of him. We'd like to see some more. We don't see any more of him. And we go around the cycle again. So yeah, I, I think I think there will come a time where we need to we need to see more of him because we need to decide what what contribution he can make going forward. I think I think I I would like with this squad that that Steve Clark's going to call up next week. I I would like to see it picked with the approach of is this player going to be contributing for us at the Euros in 2024, because that, 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 that's the journey that we're on now. You know, we are, we're finishing up Nations League, that will decide our seeding for Euros. Euros qualifying starts in March, and it takes us through to the summer of 2024. So if if players, and you know, and, and that's where, the, you know, your, your, your conversations about guys like Barry Mackay and stuff, you know, could they con- contribute now in a game or two? Yeah, of course they could, because, you know, they're good players and they hit good form and they're in good moments, but... Will they be around in 2024? Probably not. And we have to be building a team that can qualify for the Euros either directly or through the playoffs and then hopefully do something at the Euros. So, yeah, that, that would be my approach. I'd, I'd be more wanting to see more from 
your Turnbulls, your Lewis Ferguson's, your Alan Campbell's, your Jacob Brown's. That yeah, there's like your sort of twenty-five and under players. I'd like to see more of them. Those were the three names I was about to throw Ben's way. Then, if, if <laughs> going, going by your criteria, Gordon, where does that leave Campbell, Ferguson, and Turnbull in the list for game time? Okay, because Alan Campbell was really good in the championship last season. Luton fans loved him. They're surprised that he's still there, regardless of the fact he didn't get promoted. Lewis Ferguson, decent season for Aberdeen, has made the interesting move to Bologna in Serie A. Hasn't worked his way into the, the 11 yet. And David Turnbull, talented player featuring from the bench for Celtic. So, Ben, what do you reckon? I just want to say I'm surprised that Gordon's gone down the Leo DiCaprio route of uh, 25 and under. That's all he's interested in, 25 and under. Yeah, 26, dead to me. <laughs> um, yeah, I've always loved David Turnbull. I think we've waxed lyrical about him before. He's just such a such a quality sort of number 10 type midfielder. Um, love his finishing and his passing. So we'd love to see more of him. Ferguson, I've spoken to my wee Bologna scout and he's been impressed with him so far. Um, another brave move going out there and I really hope he pushes on I mean Clark's had him in frequently so he really obviously sees something um, and Alan Campbell is another good option another good midfield option that sort of box-to-box midfielder we have an awful lot of and we have a lot of really good options so he's maybe the one that's maybe further back in the pecking order of those three um, I would like to delve a wee bit into Scott Wright's credentials he started for Rangers in the Europa League final. He scored in the Scottish Cup final. He's, I know Rangers haven't had a great start to the season, but he's a Champions League player playing regularly. Is he someone that we should be turning our nose up at, Scott Wright? Can we afford to do that, no matter what Rangers fans think of him, Gordon? No, probably not. I mean, you know, Scotland isn't the biggest country. The talent pool that we we have to pick from isn't massive. You know, I mean, Steve, Steve Clark is prob- probably spends you know, in between every camp, looking at the same roughly 30 to 40 names. So, yeah, look, I, I think Scott Wright, like you said, you know, the the credentials are clear. You know, this is a guy who is 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 now playing Champions League football, um, played in a, in a Europa League final at the end of last season. So scoring in a, in a Scottish Cup final, I see absolutely no reason why he, he shouldn't be in the conversation. Um, the, the only thing that stands against him is just his position that we're, we're not really playing with natural wingers but again you know let's 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 get him in let's 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 get him in training and see how he goes ahead of Mackay for you then Ben uh yeah I probably to be honest I'd probably say not far different level um I think Wright's obviously that Scottish Cup goal um you know he's obviously a good player I think maybe this is a good camp to bring him in and see how he stacks up to the other players you know I can't see him getting in ahead of an Adams or a Christie or, you know, any of our sort of first choice forwards. So I'm not I'm not 100% where he would fit into the squad. Well, it's rare that a tweet goes out from Hamden Roar page and Ryan Gold's name doesn't end up in the mentions. Uh, Overmars83 is saying, surely now is the time for Gold to get a call up, especially with Turnbull not getting as many minutes for Celtic. So... Gold is coming to the end. They may even already have reached the end. I'm not sure, Gordon. Benny, their view up to date on MLS football. I know that they're approaching playoff time over there. I'm not sure if Vancouver are in the mix for that at all. 
But Ryan Gold's coming to the end of his season. Do you expect that to result in a call-up or any inclusion whatsoever, replacing any injured players for Scotland, Gordon? Um, I think, you know, we've, again, we've, we've, we've had this conversation before about gold. We, we said, you know, I think it was back in March when he was, when he was flying again for Vancouver. It's like, if it, if it, if it is not now, then when it wasn't then. So, uh, again, I, I, look, I, I, I think he could bring something. I think, you know, he, he seems to have had a pretty good season in Vancouver. He, he settled well. The MLS is also a phenomenally impressive league. We've had, Johnny Russell fly over from there regularly uh, from Sporting Kansas City. So, you know, being in America shouldn't, being in America and, and Canada shouldn't preclude him from being involved. But just for whatever reason, he hasn't been called up. I, I, just, I just don't think Clark fancies him. And I, I, I'm for whatever reason, I, I don't know that that's going to change. I'd, I'd be very surprised to see his name next week. Yeah, likewise, Ben, I can't see Gold's inclusion starting now. Looks like he has had a good season. Six goals in 24 games for a centre-mid in MLS. Yeah, I think we've actually lost count of the amount of times we've had that tweet saying it must be this time, it must be this time. It's it's still not happened. So I just, like uh, like Gordon's saying, I'm just not sure that he's Clark's player and, you know, managers have that choice. He's the one that's getting paid to make these decisions. You know, until he deems gold ready to come in, then he's not, he's not going to call them up. And so, yeah, I wouldn't be expecting to see his name uh, on the list next week. Is there anyone that you feel could be in danger of dropping out from the squad? Let me let me read you the names from the last or the end of the last get together. Anyway, so we have Craig Gordon, Robbie McCrory, Liam Kelly. Um, Goalkeeping situation is probably a bit peculiar. I think it's probably Gordon Kelly and then whoever you want for the third one, really McLaughlin, maybe McCrory with a view to the future, maybe Xander Clark, who's now joined Hearts and is behind Gordon at club level. Um, and defence, Nathan Patterson, Grant Hanley, Stephen O'Donnell, Jack Hendry, Greg Taylor, Hickey, Ralston. So they're probably only O'Donnell from that one. Uh, is yeah. going to drop out of the squad. I would maybe, maybe Ralston. What, what do you reckon? Yeah, possibly. I think you, you'd also expect to see, obviously, expect to see McKenna come back in as well. Now he's fit and playing, playing for a Nottingham Forest in the Premier League. I know. I, I've McKenna. I've accepted that I was wrong about McKenna. Uh, oh, yeah, I have. That must be tough. But, but what happened uh, at the weekend against Bournemouth was, if I could have painted a scenario of why he always worried me so much, it was that. If you saw what happened when he yeah. tried to go back with his right foot and tripped up. Yeah. But, I've been proved wrong on McKenna. I'm happy to admit that. He's gone on to do really well for himself. Uh, we also have Suter is not going to be involved. Cooper, maybe. Or Tierney will. Uh, Provided he manages to avoid an injury. Is Cooper fit just now? Uh, yes. Yeah, maybe he'll come back in as well then. So, you know, there could be a few, mind you, um, defenders. Maybe that'll leave Hendry's place now in Boyd's. Um, Hanley's playing for uh, for Norwich still. So, who knows? It's uh, we've, we've, got, we've got places, but I still maintain that Tierney's the only outstanding centre-half that we've got there. I think that he's the only guaranteed pick in that back three, really. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, looking at the midfield, well, midfield, McTominay, uh, depending on where he is played, McGinn, McGregor, Gilmore, Alan Campbell. What do you reckon about Alan Campbell? Still still involved? Yeah, sure. maybe, maybe. Kind of kind of on the fence, obviously. He, he was a sort of late addition, wasn't he, to the squad? He sort of came up after the Ukraine playoff game. So, yeah, and maybe hasn't started the season as well this season as he, as he did last. So maybe, maybe not for Alan Campbell. And Ryan Jack is now sort of back fit playing every week as well. So that might, I'd expect him to be involved. Yeah. Um, now, Clark loves this player, but he's not getting much game time from the start. Stuart Armstrong can probably safely be in the squad. But if you look at the impact he had at the end of last season in Armenia, I'm not sure he'll be given the opportunity to do so from the start this time, Ben. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, uh, we I think we've all talked about how much we like Armstrong as a player um, and especially the link with Adams makes, you know, that brings another level to it as well. So I would definitely have him, he's 100% in the squad and I, I think there's a good argument for having him in the, the starting lineup as well. Do you think his lack of game time could go against him, Gordon? He is featuring mainly from the bench for Southampton just now. Yeah, possibly, possibly. Um, I mean, look, I think he he certainly look. He 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 played probably one of his best games for Scotland in that in our last game, the away game in Armenia, where he scored two really good goals. Um, but yeah, his his playing time has certainly been been limited in the Premier League. And you know, what? I'm just realizing he's 30 years old now. Like, when did that happen? Yeah, like Stuart Armstrong. He's been one of those guys. He's been he's been 24 for the last 10 years. But no. He's thirty now. That that's so is, so is Kenny McLean and Ryan Jack. That's crazy. Yeah. No, you you have, you have retired any second, Gordon? Thirty years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, I think there. Sorry, Ben. There is a concern. There's a concern though about who is going to like lead this line because I know Dykes Dykes isn't all about the goals, but I think I was, he's only scored four goals since the start of this year. And it's not as if he's been injured. You know, he's been playing a lot and he's he isn't scoring. And that's a concern at international level for me. Um, I know he does have a good record for us. So, I, is, but would you still be going with him and Adams up front? Or would you be going with Adams and maybe one or two often? Do you want to hear about a striker who has been scoring recently? A striker who has scored in his last three games for his club? Shanklin? Do you know who it is? I was going to say Shanklin. Ollie McBurney. <laughs> at Sheffield United. Careful, Gordon, you'll get cancelled. Scored his last three championship games. Just say, I'm just saying. Just saying. No, that that, <laughs> that that is good. That is good to to hear. Even if it's not from a Scotland like, a national team perspective, because I'm not sure if it's ever going to happen for McBurney. So I just think it's it, it's stacked. Life is stacked against them and for the Scottish national team. But I'm happy to see him enjoying some sort of renaissance after a, a dreadful, dreadful 18 months or so. Yeah. He had some yeah. off the field shenanigans, didn't he? So I can't, I can't see it. You know what, though, he might, because he, I'm sure McBurney's got just about 20 caps, somewhere between 15 and 20. I don't know the exact number, but he's been given opportunities. He's hit, he's hit the woodwork three times for Scotland. I mean, if he scored in one of his earlier caps against Mexico, it could have been so different. And then, it was in those Nations League games last year. Um, they smacked the bar against either Czech Republic or Slovakia from about 25 yards. And he had a header off the bar against one of them as well. He, he, he's just had... I know I know he's 
not the most popular figure anyway, but he's very popular as a player among the squad. They all like him. Um, and remember that stuff that happened when he was caught on Sheffield United's in-house camera saying, I hope I've not been called up, it's shite, blah, blah, blah. He was forgiven for that. He apologised. He gathered, the squad gathered round and he apologised for that and he was like water under the bridge straight away. So look, if he comes into the team and manages to get a goal, who knows? Who knows? He might go on and get a few more and make the most of his opportunities, but I'm just sad to say I can't really see a scenario where Ollie McBurney ends up with six, seven or eight goals to his name for Scotland. Well, stranger things have happened. That's all I'm saying. Um, you know, you're right. You're right. Sixteen caps for Scotland. You know, already, and 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 a good few of them coming under Steve Clark as well. So it's not like that came under a previous manager that Clark's just never fancied him. Like Clark has absolutely called him up and backed him, backed him to the hilt. Um, obviously, he had to go away from the squad for reasons of form and fitness, and you know, then he's had his off-field issues, but. Like you said, you know, it, it is good to say, you know, we, we said this before that his time may come again. And all he had to do was just get his, get him, get himself together, get his, get himself back on track and get scoring goals. And that's what he's doing now. So, you know, and especially with Ross Stewart being injured, Dyke's been very much out of form. Shea Adams is potentially kind of the only out and out striker that we can really reliably call upon right now. You know, I, I wouldn't rule him out for next week. What about Shanks, Ben? Uh, it's probably just a bit too soon for him. I mean, he is, from what I've seen so far, he's a very, very clever player, um, very good link-up player. So I think he would work well with good players around him. Um, and he does have a, he's got a good finish on him. You know, I think he proves that he obviously had a spell at Dundee United where he didn't score that much, but that was also possibly one of the worst Dundee United teams that you would have thought you'd have seen until you saw the team this season. Um, but <laughs> He was getting no chances in that team, you know, and he still managed to score a handful. So, and he scored a handful in Belgium as well for a team that again weren't doing well. So, I would I would imagine that he's in the in the thinking because he has been involved before. Um, so, I think this this time around is probably too soon. But if he has a good season for Hearts, which I think he will do, I think we'll get into double figures. Then, by the time the Euros comes around maybe he'll then be more in the thinking, depending on what's happening with the likes of Stuart as well. Are you still thinking, Gordon, Shea Adams supported by John McGinn plus, no, I don't know, Fraser, Christy Armstrong, Brown, take your pick? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I mean, Shea Adams, you know, he, he has been a very, he's a very streaky scorer in his career. You know, he tends to, he, he does tend to have fairly lengthy goal routes, but then when it when it clicks for him, it clicks for him. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure he's got a couple of goals recently for for Southampton. Um, I'm just checking that out just now. Yeah, he scored well, he scored scored the two against Leicester a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, let's we we continue with him. You know, he's still a great age, he's still a great player. Um technically he's 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 the best striker we've got. So yeah, absolutely. He'll be leading the line for sure. So what are our takeaways from, from this then as the window, a week after the window shuts and two weeks before Scotland will play Ukraine, we're saying that Patterson and Hickey now are the two vying for right back with Ralston in the mix maybe for the third, um, well, if one of them gets injured to to be the substitute. Um, 
we're saying that maybe McTominay could be a midfielder again, depending on the defensive options available to Steve Clark. We didn't really discuss actually Gilmore's club game time and how that might impact his starting um, credentials for Scotland. Do they correlate at all? I think we touched on it briefly, but I think he's shown before, hasn't he, that he he can totally come in having not played that much for Chelsea and still get man of the matches for us and still really dominate uh, the midfield. So to me, that really isn't a, a concern. I think he's he's proved already that he just has the ability. You know, he, he's he just, I don't think he's going to lose the ability to trap the ball and pass. That just seems to be in his DNA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and, and I, I would just I would certainly hope that the move to Brighton and acts as kind of can lift a weight off his shoulders, you know, and can give him a kind of new lease of life on the pitch as well. So you know, even even if he hasn't played much for Brighton, you would hope he'll bring some real confidence into the Scotland team. Um, and yeah, as Ben said, like his 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 skills and abilities are so good that that I'm, I'm absolutely keen just to see him continue. I think. He, he, he didn't deliver what we expected from him in June. I think that's probably an, an effect of just a long, hard, brutal season he'd had at Norwich. Um, but yeah, hopefully after a summer off and uh, the fresh start of a move, hopefully he can come back with a, a spring in his step. And then we're saying that we hope maybe, well not maybe, definitely there will be at least one more out-and-out wing option included in the squad. And whether that is Scott Drake, Ryan Fraser, Barry Mackay, Lewis Morgan, um, don't know who else off the top of my head, but anyway, one of them to give us a an option, really, if things aren't going our way um, or to play with more width, then that'd be great. And we're also curious as to what the striking situation will be. We would expect Adams and... Dykes to be in the squad, but then thereafter, is it going to be McBurney, as Gordon suggests, or proffers? Is it going to be Shankland? Maybe Ben thinks it's too soon, but who knows? So Ross Stewart's injury could provide an opportunity for someone to come in and try and stake a claim for a place. But lads, it's been great to get back together. And well, with the games coming thick and fast towards the end of the month, I'm sure we'll be seeing a lot more of each other on the Zoom call. So Glad to have you back and we'll see how things go. It's important. Um, this Nations League triple header, we'll kind of get into the nuts and bolts of that um, towards the games. But for now, just good to get uh, an assessment of the Scotland squad. So thanks for coming on. Pleasure, guys. Sports Social Podcast Network.